My next guest is on this time every Thursday morning. Why? Because he's great. Fox News, many, many years. I miss many years. But arguably doing his best work right now with me every Sunday at 740. He is the judge, Andrew Napolitano. Judge, good morning. How are you, pal? Oh, good morning. I'm I'm uh, I'm great, Sid. It's great to be on with you. I didn't realize today was Howard Stern's birthday. I didn't realize he's 69. My God, where does time fly? I know. I mean, you know, we've been doing all these uh, music songs. We play a lot of music. You know, that's part of our shtick on the show. And then right. uh, we usually play it on that person's birthday. So, for example, yesterday we played a lot of Rod Stewart. Rod turned 78 yesterday. And two days God, ago we played a bunch of Led Zeppelin because Jimmy Page turned 79. And it's like, oh, my God, Judge, what's going on? So Howard Stern was once on trial before me in my courtroom in Hackensack, New Jersey. That's how I first met him. How, Long what, before I, what I was ever that, what, imagined what, I would have a career in radio and television. Now, what was that about? Why was Stern in court? Stern, Stern had a show in the old uh, WOR, and one day he went on there and pretend, prevent, uh, pretend that he was Dr. Kevorkian. And he said, it. tell me how to kill myself. And he made up a number, 1-800-MD-TEST. Now, call me at 1-800-MD-TEST. They made up the number. It was a real number. It was the number of a lady in New Jersey who rented castles and chateaus to people in Europe. <laughs> she got she got fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand of the most disgusting phone calls you can imagine. How disgusting were they? How do I know how bad they were? Because I listened to the tapes. Anyway, she sued WOR, she sued Howard. The case was assigned to me. Um, after uh, they, she, Howard ran the broadcast and she was going out of business, her lawyers figured out who it was and what was happening, why these phone calls are coming in. They wrote to WOR and said, we need you to retract it. What did WOR do? They repeated Howard's show. <laughs> that gave rise to what we call punitive damages, which meant that Howard had to reveal his finances and his income tax returns to yours truly in secret. Oh, my God. So way before Donald Trump happened, as soon as that happened, the case settled. But then Howard wanted to kill me. (laughs) Fast fast forward to when CBS dumped Howard, I said to Roger Ailes, Roger, I just read Howard's contract. They owe Howard a quarter of a billion dollars because you're going on air right now to say it. Then, of course, when I said that on Fox, Howard and I became good friends again, which oh. we still are today. Oh, that's great. So, good. I so like to I hear that. I agree with you. There have been great human beings in radio, including the person on whose show I am privileged to appear every Thursday Thank at you. 740 in Thank the morning. You. Thank you. But the greatest of these, the greatest of these is Howard Stern. I mean, it's not even up for debate. I mean, look, personal preference that's one thing. That's subjective. You know, if you like Imus better, uh, you know, maybe because you hate Howard Stern's politics. I don't know why people judge talent based upon their preference or what they want to hear. Uh, I hate Howard Stern's politics, but I'm ready, willing, and able to admit that it's not even close. You can't compare Imus on his best day to Howard. Why can't, why can't people Agreed. judge just rate people based upon their talent or what they've got? Why, why does it have to go to their politics, how they dress, how they feel? Why does that matter? This is is an area where you and I profoundly agree. You have to look at people as human beings. And as as I said uh, last week when we were discussing this, this lesson Ailes taught us, 
you have to have friends on the other side. You may disagree with the message, but there's no reason to hate the messenger. Just like you with Nancy Mace, there's a lot of her politics that you don't like and that I don't like, but even a stopped clock is right twice a day, and, and she happened to have been correct on this particular issue. You know, in my uh, off-Broadway show that I'm doing called Why is the Government in My Soup, I stay away from two issues in New York, guns and abortion, because you cannot reason with people on these issues. Everybody's feet are planted so deeply in one camp uh, or another that I just steer clear of those two issues. Well, you are very, very smart. That Broadway show starting uh, now, it's on now, right through the middle of February, folks. you got to see that on West 42nd Street. Uh, Promises to be an evening full of... uh, Really compelling, thought-provoking entertainment led by my dear friend here, Judge Andrew Napolitano. We'll bring the judge back. We'll talk about these documents. Another round in a different location for Joe Biden and the judge's latest column. He's Judge Andrew Napolitano. He's on with me, Sid Rosenberg, and we'll be back right after these short messages. This is Sid. And friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Back here with Judge Andrew Napolitano. He's here this Thursday every time. So Joe Biden goes on 60 Minutes and just eviscerates President Trump for having documents back at his place at Mar-a-Lago, and as luck would have it, as karma would have it, now Joe Biden has done the same thing. Now they have found a second location, more documents, and unlike Trump, who has the ability to declassify because he's the president, Joe Biden, as the vice president, couldn't even do that. Be careful sometimes when you rank on somebody else when you know you've done the same thing. So the same question applies here, Judge, which is, It's an obvious answer. Why is the press and the DOJ treating Donald Trump one way and Joe Biden the other? One word, politics. They hate Trump. Uh, They love Biden. Uh, Joe Joe has some, some problems. I mean, he has some serious issues. You're right, Trump can declassify. You're right, Joe at the time could not. He's the president now. He can do it now. But these are uh, documents that occurred before he that, that he he removed it to an improper place or used in an improper place before he was the president. Some of these are uh, what's called NDI, National Defense Information, which is criminal to possess outside of a federal facility, whether they're declassified or not. Uh, we don't exactly know what Joe had. We know that the ones that Trump has, about 360 documents, that about 60 of them were NDI. We don't know how many Joe had, and we don't know if they were NDI. In fairness to Trump, uh, one of his defenses was everybody does it. You know what? He may have a point there. Everybody does. I mean, I've read, I've read that Barack Obama to this day has boxes and boxes of stuff but nobody pays attention. Well, if that is the case, then Trump is being targeted because of his politics. That's called selective prosecution, which the Supreme Court 120 years ago in a case called Yickwo versus Hopkins uh, outlawed. You cannot 
uh, if, if there's a whole class of people committing a crime, the same type of crime, you can't target just one of them because you don't like his politics. You have to prosecute all of them or you have to leave all of them ago, all, all of them alone. That is a basic principle uh, of constitutional uh, jurisprudence. So we're going to have to wait and see what these documents are. I'll tell you who did the right thing, which is Merrick Garland. I know Trump doesn't like him, and a lot of conservatives don't. But he intentionally appointed a U.S. attorney who is a Trump appointee to evaluate the document that Biden's lawyers uh, found, rather than a Biden appointee or a Democrat. I thought that that was a terrific Yeah, but there were two things. You're right about that. But, But where was Merrick Garland? Merrick Garland spoke to the country. He spoke to the country. It was so serious when Trump did it. I haven't seen Merrick Garland do that for Joe Biden. And what do you think about Lindsey Graham's contention yesterday that there needs to be, above and beyond this guy you're talking about from Chicago, the Trump appointee, there needs to be a special counsel for this? What do you think about that? Well, I, I can't answer that because I don't know what the documents are. Uh, Lindsey, Senator Graham may be correct if there's a lot of documents. If they're in more than one place and if they pertain to national defense information about the U.S. and other countries, uh, that's that's the category that Trump had. If Joe Biden's documents are in the same category and in more than one place, so with the fits within the pattern of, of Mar-a-Lago, uh, then Senator Graham is right. Uh, if it's just a few documents and if they're not national defense information, then I think the Chicago prosecutor can look at them. But the Chicago prosecutor will probably go to Merrick Garland and say, this is uh, over my head. I, the Chicago prosecutor, don't have the national security clearance needed to look at this. Neither do the people that work for me. This has to be evaluated by the intelligence community. If the documents are in that category, Sid, then Joe has some very serious issues. Now, he can't be prosecuted uh, while he's president. And some of these things, the statute of limitations will have expired by the time he leaves the presidency, but he will be politically damaged beyond his wildest imaginings if he had the same category of documents in the same cavalier uh, manner as Trump. All right, two minutes to go. I read your column. I read it every week. Just like I read Bill O'Reilly's column every week, he'll join me coming up at 840. You're here at 740. A government by experts, and you speak a lot about Abe Lincoln early on in this column. Tell the folks out there what they're going to read about when they read A Government by Experts by you, Judge Napolitano. They're going to read that Woodrow Wilson, the former, or the president of the United States at the time, the former governor of New Jersey, the former president of Princeton, the former constitutional law scholar at Princeton, thought that we'd be better off governed by experts rather than by Congress. And he set up the administrative agencies. Uh, Today, we know them by their three-letter initials, EPA, DEA, FDA. uh, And occasionally, these administrative agencies think that they're Congress, and they think that they can write laws. And when the Trump Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms tried to write a law to invalidate a class of uh, of guns, a law that only Congress can write. The courts smacked them down. And this happened just last week uh, in New Orleans, where the whole Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is the appellate federal appellate judge group that hears appeals in in Louisiana and Texas, 
said to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, you're not the Congress. You want to outlaw class of guns. Only the Congress can do it. This very rarely happens, and it's a very welcome development. We vote for members of Congress, just like some people voted for that nut job George Santos. <laughs> but we vote for them, and they have to come back to us uh, and, and justify their behavior. But the bureaucrats that we don't vote for, who are always in power, do not have the right to write the laws. That's what this case stands for, and I'm very happy about it. All right, Judge Napolitano, as always, a grand slam home run, a great appearance. Thank you for coming on with me every Thursday morning. I really appreciate it. You're great, and have yourself a great day and a great week. Okay, pal? All the best, Ed. God love you. God love you, too. Judge Napolitano, 740 every Thursday morning here on Sid and Friends.